Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Right here we go. It is beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere we go, isn't it? It's happening here. Like it or not, it's happening. Uh, most people are excited about. It. I'm excited about this this holiday season. But uh, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I just got a I got a good que- I got a question for you here. Is 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 important? How many how many got enough to eat? Did you get enough to eat? I did it, and then some, right? And I, I, every Thanksgiving, I find that I get in what I call a Thanksgiving amnesia, because I'll load my plate up, and my brother-in-law, he, first time ever cooking a turkey, like, he nailed it. Like, it was juicy and fresh, and, and I, I was the carver, and, and, and I was like, do you ever get the turkey right out of the oven? It's like, and when you're the carver, you're just like, ah, oh, it just tastes, I'm going to make sure it's okay, you know? It was like, it was perfect. I loaded my plate up, and every Thanksgiving I do this, I eat, get all the good food and everything, and then and I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot. Because I would hear these words, and, and I heard them as a kid, these words, and it's beautiful words when you hear this. And you're like, oh, that's right. It's keep your fork. <laughs> keep your fork. Those are wonderful words to hear. Keep your fork. Because you know if you keep your fork, something's good coming. It's called pie, okay? And so we've had plenty of it. I'm sure as we go in the holiday season, there's more eating to be done. I know that's happening in our holiday parties and small group gatherings and all that we're having. Christmas cookies just to get you going, get the, get the blood sugar up here as we, we move along. And, and I don't know, it's probably maybe not it could be food for you and I, but some of you, maybe it's alcohol or shopping or uh, staying up late. There's a lot of indulgence that happens in the holiday season. That's part of what we do. We, we celebrate and we, we can know we can overdo it at times. So here's the question as we go into this season, ready or not, is this. And this is the question. Do you feel full yet unfulfilled? How many know in life we can feel full, full of so much and so many good things and so much we can consume, but are you yet times feeling a little unfulfilled? See, the advent of Amazon apps and Alexa, you know, you get these notifications that either says in a text or it's saying somewhere in your room, you know, your, your shipment has arrived, your order has been fulfilled, and yet... When we receive it, like, ah, that's nice to have, but is it really bringing the fulfillment that we're hoping for? That's the irony of the holidays, that our attempt to get our filling, we actually can find ourselves a bit empty. And even more, ironically, heavy. There's some of you like, oh, careful with that. I'm not talking about physical healthy, heavy. That can be a part of it, of course. But also just emotionally, emotionally feeling heavy. The heaviness of the, of the holiday season, and even what Shane mentioned, you know, when the days are a little darker, you go, you go to work in the dark, you come home in the dark, and there's just added, there's added pressures that we can feel. There's added, and, and you know, in the word depression, that's that feeling that comes over us, that heaviness that's there. 
And some of it has to do with the season of maybe high expectations. Some of you are going into holiday parties or company parties and there's, there's expectations that you have. Either you're trying to prepare it or you, you walk into these awkward situations and you have to be nice to your boss and they have to be nice to you and it's all smiling and everything. But, you know, it, there's an idea that sometimes where if you got the pressure of putting something on, you feel the, the people-pleasing pleasure... Uh, people-pleasing pressure. You also can stress of the schedules. Our schedules get tighter because we're adding these extra things and there's kids' performances and projects, term papers due at the end of the quarter. There's a lot going on. And some of us also feel financial burdens. The heat bill goes up because it's colder. I know I've seen the heat bill at this church and it's like, wow, it's expensive to keep this old drafty building heated. We can have the issues of dysfunction of family dynamics. You just ex- you ex- experienced it just a few days ago, didn't you? You know, where you got together and there's kind of that odd uncle and that weird aunt and you're just kind of trying to get through this and somehow we're related. You have no idea how we could be related to these, these people, but you are. And if you're in a family gathering and everybody seems normal, I'm just saying, maybe you're the weird one in the, in the group. I'm just saying, not this service, last service, that might've been other people. Here's the thing, we have all these added pressures and it can give us a sense of feeling full, but really not fulfilled. In fact, there's, a, there's an emotional heaviness and it takes a toll. Now, some of you are kind of going, gosh, Dan, I was actually feeling pretty holly jolly here until you brought all that up. It is a reality and we call it for what it is. But what if all of us, whether you're up or down and any of this, how it fits for your life, what if this holiday season, though, could be a bit different? Could we go in a bit more proactive? Rather than what comes at us at, the, at this season, what if we actually took some proactive steps? What if we actually prepared ourselves to get a fresh perspective? What if we came, and I sense it today, there's a sense of anticipation of what God's going to do. You know, he is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper. He's doing at work, and when we don't feel it, there's anticipation, which is awesome, we can come into that. What if rather than caring, though, whatever burden we have, whatever, whatever weighing us down, what if we gave it to the one, to the one that we celebrate this season that's all about? See, the weight of waiting. The weight of weighing can come over us and many times. And, and, and people wait for weeks as kids, you know, waiting for, for Christmas to come. But we need to recognize that people waited hundreds of years before the first Christmas. Looking back and prophetically in scripture, we can look back even from the beginning of time that leads up into some of the prophetic utterances of the first Christmas to come was spoken by the prophet, a very famous prophet, Isaiah, that we're going to look at here in a moment. Isaiah, in these first seven chapters, which we're not going to read all of them, you can read them on your own. If you read the first seven chapters, you find a bit of doom and gloom with them. You find some uh, sobriety to them, the heaviness that was upon the people. And what you get a sense is the people are trying to find their fill, but they weren't being fulfilled. They weren't finding fulfillment. And so what they did is, you can read it, they were, they're seeking after and searching for uh, different ways to fulfill their life. And they sought, they sought out and consulted mediums and magicians and, instead of God. And they're looking to light, lighten their load, but continue to come up empty. But we read after close to the end of the eight chapters, in fact, the last part of chapter eight explains why at all, what was happening. It was, there, it was culmination of this. It says, distressed and hungry, they were roaming throughout the land where they're famished. 
They become enraged and looking upward with curse their king and their God. They're looking toward the earth and seeing only distress and darkness and fearful and gloom. And they would be thrust into utter darkness. That was the state of the nation at that time. It was in darkness and it was heavy, heavy upon them. It says they're looking to the earth. They're looking for human resources. And so they consulted experts and mystics and scholars and even rulers for find solutions. And, and we can find the same thing today. People are looking and searching. They're, they're trying to, they look at the state to help them. They look at the stock market to get, get them through. They're, they're, many people are turning to technology. And it is amazing. It is amazing. The intellect and innovation that we have. But yet what it's trying to produce is trying to get out of the darkness. It's really creating more an artificial light than the true light that's needed. In fact, you look at the, the, you could sum up what was going on in Isaiah's day. It was a nation that was filled with counterfeit religions and idolatry. It was a nation divided politically. Southern and northern kingdoms were at odds. A nation that was wandering hopelessly, uncertain of its future. Kind of sounds like 2020 coming. I'm not, I'm not a prophet. I'm not going to say that. It's the state and where people were. There was a sense of, uncertainty and injustice and darkness that was coming ahead for them. And they're longing and looking and they were turning not to God, but they're turning to other ways to fill the darkness and nothing was working. That's why Isaiah speaks of God's heart for the nation. It was unpopular what he was saying to them because he was warning them and what they need to do to change to get out of the darkness and they need to repent. They need to turn away from their own old ways and their wicked ways to turn toward God himself and the promise that he had for them. This lost and rebellious generation, Isaiah's prophecy, he gives a stern warning in these first eight chapters. And it's definitely a downer. However, how many know darkness does not mean despair when the dawn is coming? Because a theme emerges a theme that tips the scale outweighing despair with a far more powerful force, and it is light. In chapter 9, Isaiah is prompted of God speaking through his, these words to a nation in spiritual and emotional heaviness. Verse 2, it says, The people walked in darkness, had seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I don't know if the phrase came that darkness before the dawn right here, but it would fit, wouldn't it? And it's almost like an epic, like, movie trailer, isn't it? Have you just, like, I don't have the, be the best voice over here, but I'll try. The people walked in darkness, had seen a great light. Of those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Boom, 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 you know credits and everything going and you know the whole movie comes out you know that's it's like they're real this is really kind of a blockbuster verse of this clear prophecy of the first Christmas coming Isaiah goes on and describes this great light has power something amazing of a nation that's out of darkness listen to these these description of it, it says you have in, enlarged the nation increased their joy this light that's come, you have enlarged the nation, increased their joy. They rejoice be before you as, as people rejoice 
at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke of burden, burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used to used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel, will be fuel for the fire. What is he saying? This light that's come. This one powerful light that brings prosperity, joy, victory, and freedom. What is this light? Well, it's not a what. It's a who. This light was personified in someone, the promised one. And yet there's this large gap from the promise being spoken to a long wait for the promise to be fulfilled. As we wait for Christmas coming... Man, generations waited long time. Hundreds of years would pass. When is it going to happen? And maybe you're wondering what's going to happen in your life and what's taking place. Imagine waiting silent years from Malachi, the last chapter of the Old Testament, to Matthew. 400 years. No writings, no prophecy, no revelation. 400 years. Kids wait just four weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? It's a long wait. Most of us don't wait well, do we? And then some of us can't think, well, 400 years. Well, we don't have to wait for the Messiah. The Messiah has already come. Christmas has already happened. We celebrate it every year. But in your life right now, you might be going, man, this seems like God. Yeah, it just seems like a long time. I don't know. It feels like 400 years of God's silence in my life. When are you going to come through? Some of you honestly are saying, has there been a, there, God, when are you coming through? When are you going to fulfill what you said you're going to do? It just seems like I'm waiting and waiting. And in fact, I'm feeling the weight of the waiting on my life. The holidays can do that. But let's just face it, life itself can do that. Now, some of you are going, man, I, I was feeling really good until you brought all this up, right? The heaviness that's there. And you might be here. You might be here going, man, I'm ready to bust into a, a Christmas carol right now. So don't do that right now. We'll, we're going to sing here a little bit later. We'll be singing through the holidays. That's good for you. And that's good for me to hear that. And we need to encourage one another. But is there this sense of heaviness that we can feel and just to call it out for what it is? And we could potentially redeem it and actually greater than that find fulfillment this holiday season beyond see here's our our christmas core truth our first christmas core truth as we start this series is this the wait i'm sorry the fulfillment of his light was and is worth the wait the fulfillment of his light was and is worth the wait do you see what i did there worth the wait yes the people glad glad you came next week okay the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. That's what Isaiah said. And listen to this, what John ended up sharing and what fulfilling. He's the eyewitness, one of the eyewitnesses of Jesus. He wrote this, of this fulfillment. He says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that has given, gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The true light is, of course, Jesus Christ. Isaiah foretold it, and through Christ it was fulfilled. And here it is. The light is not a what, it's a who. This light had come. Look at what Isaiah writes in verse 6. Hundreds of years before he, he spoke it, he spoke these words. For unto us a child is born. 
To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called. Can you say these titles with me? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's my favorite Christmas verse. Says it all right there. That little baby, is, is who that is? Yep. That is who that is. That's Jesus Christ himself more. And I think it's interesting that the government's on his shoulders. Some I've heard people say, man, I'm just tired of that, the government on my back, man. It just feel like you're there. You don't have to have the government on your back. Guess what? Jesus did that for you already. And you're thinking, what kind of government? Are you talking local, state, federal? No, bigger than that. Bigger than the world. A universal dominion, power and rule, kingdom rule. What a promise that no matter who's in, our, who's in office, who sits at the, at the top, politically, economically, whatever it might be, even in the state of where we're at, emotionally, even spiritually, whatever condition we're in, there's one who's in, the, in control. There's one that doesn't let anything pass him. There's one that does his best to teach us to trust in him. The one that will carry the load of our heaviness. Christmas is a reminder that no matter what's happening in the world out there and the world here and the world in here is this. We don't have to carry the weight alone because we don't have to wait any longer. The weight, the waiting is over. We never have to carry our burdens no longer alone. And yes, there's 400 years of heavy silence uh, heaviness and silence that Christ appeared and the waiting was over. The light of the world came. And I love that, that, that God kept his promise of this hope of this light to be fulfilled through Christ. Jesus told of his own fulfillment of this light. He says this in Matthew. He says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not, not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. See, the law was a setup, the foreshadowing, really the training wheels to one day the true light would come into our dark world and light the way. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise long ago of the Messiah to come 700 years before Isaiah. He had spoken these prophetic utterances 700 years until Christ then eventually fulfilled them. And you know how many prophecies were fulfilled? 300 of them. Mathematicians and experts talk about like the predictions and the, and the probability are beyond us. It's like Jesus even fulfilling 48 of the 300 prophecies is saying it's 1 in 10 to the 157th power. I don't know. There's the zeros on that, okay? That's crazy. I can't, can you put your brain around that? You can't at all. But I love this word picture that a gentleman named Peter Stoner wrote in an, as author of Science Speaks. And I had heard this several times from others. They're talking about where if you're trying to figure out how this Jesus to fulfill all these prophecies is saying if you took a silver dollar and you stacked silver dollars two feet high across the state of Texas... This is crazy. And you put an X on one of the silver dollars and threw it in somewhere in the state of Texas, blindfolded a person and says, you need to pick on the first try the silver dollar with the X. 
That is the prediction of one man fulfilling these 300 prophecies. Do you think it's not just a coincidence? I don't think so. I think there's a plan and there's a purpose and there's a reason. Jesus promised promise to fulfillment. And in the meantime, there's a waiting that's there in our lives. There's a waiting that's there. There's a, there's a weight that we can feel in our lives of what God said he would do and eventually will do. But it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. And so I want to wrap up for just a couple minutes we have here and talk about just God coming through Christ, through Jesus, Jesus coming fulfill these promises at the right time, in the right place, in the right method, and the right reason. And here it is. Jesus came to fulfill his promise. You need to know at just the right time. Now, if you're a parent, you can relate with this, but when your kids are little, maybe not so little, but you're in line somewhere, you're waiting. Do you ever feel the weight of a child in the waiting? Do you ever have a child that like, you know, you're trying to stand in line too and wait, and then they get tired as well, and then they lean on you? Do you have your parents, you know, your children just kind of put their weight upon you? You're like, I'm just trying to keep myself up. Like, can you, you got two feet, you got a body, you know, but the, the weight of waiting, I don't know if your kids did that at some point, like, you know, Okay, you're bigger than me, okay? You know, <laughs> let me lean on you a little bit. But there's a little bit that idea of the way of waiting. We feel it at times. And it happens in our life. We're kind of coming through. God, when are you going to come through? And fortunately, we didn't have to wait 400 years, okay? But that's the timing you think about is so key. God coming, sending Christ coming at just the right time. Think of the moments in your life where timing really mattered. Yeah, how you met your spouse, how you got that job, avoided that accident that could have happened. It was just split second at the right, at the right time. You ever thought about why Jesus came when he came in history? You ever thought about the, the, the sovereignty of God that God chose? The father says, this is the time for my son to come. You ever thought about that a little bit? I have, and I, I even kind of researched a little bit and like different theories and different things. And I thought this was one practical, very fascinating, very, very interesting thing was this, is that, that many believe that God chose for Jesus to come at the right time in history is because of the Roman roads, because the roads were built. And I thought, yeah, I think that can, that can work a little bit. You think about what happened, Jesus died and rose again and, and he appeared to everyone and then he said go and make disciples spread the gospel and the gospel was able to spread to go into all these different continents because of the roads that were built by the Roman Empire. It's a good thought, isn't it? But I have a better one. I have better what the Bible says of what Paul, an early writer and leader said in Galatians. He said, he said this, when the set time had fully come. When the set time fully come, like this is the timing in which it's to come. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. And I just picture almost this idea like in heaven that, that angels are asking the father, hey, God, is this the time you're going to send the son to come? Is this the time? Is this the moment? How about today? This is a good day. It's really bad down there. Like, this would be a really good time. No, how about now? No, how about now? No, now, now's the time. There was a moment, in fact, Romans tells us this. The guy, it says, see, at, at just the right time. 
just the right time. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrated his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I thought about that just at the right time. Think about your life. Think of the moment where you're heading down a road of disaster. You're down a road of addiction and dysfunction and problems and issues. And you're like, man, it could have been a lot worse. But God came in my life at just the right time, just the right moment. I'm grateful for that as well. There's stuff that I didn't do because I came to Christ as a teenager. For some of you, you're like, man, I wish Jesus would have come sooner. But he did come to your life right now, right? You're here right now. And that now is the time, the Bible says, that today is the day of salvation. See, Jesus knew you were worth the wait for him to come just at the right time. And he already did. No more waiting. Now God's waiting on us. I love what Peter says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. If you're here today and you've not turned your life over to Jesus, today is the right time for you. You're hearing this message. You're hearing the truth. I believe from God and we're hearing assurance that this is God's word that we're hearing and reading today. And the Lord's saying, today is your day. I came at just the right time for you to respond. You don't have to go through the, the heaviness of the holidays alone. Now is the time. Timing is so important. Also know this, not just the right time, but the right place. Jesus came to fulfill his promise to us at the, just the right place. You ever been in the right time, but also in the right place? I know many times, some of my jobs, I, I remember my first church job. The first time I got a job in a church, I was at, in my Bible college in dorms, and I was going down the hallway, and I didn't have enough change in my pocket to buy a pop. And so I knocked on my neighbor's door for a dime. And I opened the door, and I met a, a new friend named Eric. And Eric, I started, I hit it off with him. We related really well. And he says, hey, there, this church I'm a part of, they're looking for a, a kid's director. And like, I could try that. I went and applied and got the job and I worked in that, that kid's ministry for two years before I graduated college. It was a great ministry that God allowed me in because I was the right time in the right place. Some of you could say the same thing for you. There's moments, I was thinking about what uh, God, uh, God had done even in the, the continent of of Israel, or the, the nation of Israel, Brian Steele, our speaker last week, pointed this out. He just thought of this, uh, what he was sharing about, like this narrow strip in Israel. Of all the places on earth, it, it connects three continents together. And like, that's a great place for the birth of Jesus to come, the savior of the world to spread across the entire world. It's pretty amazing. The Lord knew what he was doing. And not just that, specifically a particular town called Bethlehem. Of those 300 prophecies, 700 years before, Micah speaks this prophecy. But you, Bethlehem, or Euphrates, through you, a small among the, decline, the clans of, of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler of Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Yeah, really ancient times, the ancient of days. Old Testament prophecy pinpointed Bethlehem as the birthplace of Christ. Listen to the fulfillment in Matthew 2. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen, when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. God was all about placement at the right place at the right time at the right moment 
for his fulfillment. Can I tell you, you're here today, not by accident, not by coincidence, no way. God knows what he's doing and, and, and it's beyond predictability. He knew you right here, right now, you would be here to hear this message for you. His timing, his placement in your life that he wants to speak into your life. The incarnate Christ, the Christ Jesus who came to this earth, who died and rose again. Or Before he left, he said he, the spirit, his spirit would come and he came and to dwell in us. Christ in us, Emmanuel, God with us is here in this place and it is here in your hearts. The right place in the right time. So wherever you go this week, think about this. The right place in the right time is the right place in the right time because Jesus is in you. This is the best place. He, he lives in us. When there's nobody here in this building, it's just an old building. It's drafty and cold, believe me. I've been in here by myself. But when we gather together, Jesus is here because Jesus is in us. It's powerful. The right timing, the right place. And also know this, Jesus came to fulfill his promise through just the right people. Every Christmas we open this story and it's a wonderful, simple story of this, this young peasant couple, poor couple, this teenagers. And we just go, oh wow, what a beautiful story. Well, I'll tell you what, it's not, it wasn't a simple story. It was complicated, especially when you're Mary and Joseph. Ladies, imagine you're, you find out you're pregnant and you definitely know it's not any dude on this earth, okay? And, and then you have to break the news to your fiance and you say, honey, here's, I got some news for you to share, to share with you and, and I'm pregnant, but hold on, hold on. Here it is. God's the father. What, what, what do you do with that, right? What? But that's what needed to happen. Isaiah prophesied hundred years before he said this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. God wanted to use this young poor couple because they were the right people. They were the humble people that he wanted to use, but they weren't perfect. By far they weren't perfect, but there needed to be a perfect part. And that was the virgin birth part, the immaculate conception part. And somebody goes, what is all that? We talk about it every year. We sing about it at Christmas. Well, just, let's walk through the basics. Jesus needed to be perfect, right? Body, soul, and spirit. And I learned this, I think, in health class at some point is this, is the, the blood forms after the, the, the egg of, of a woman is fertilized. I won't get any more detail on that. But the blood is formed with indicating the father. Bloodline. Therefore, is the, is the blood of the Father. We know, John says, Jesus was in the flesh. He, the Word became flesh, but His blood needed to be divine. Why? Because divine blood, perfect blood, was going to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins, ultimately, on the cross. That's why. The virgin birth was not about the birth of God's Son. It's the birth of God, the Son. God came to fulfill his promise through Christ at the right time, at the right place, at the right, with the right people. Lastly, this for the right reason. Jesus came to fulfill his promise through, through Christ for the right reason. I think interesting always the gifts that the wise men brought Mary for, for Jesus. I mean, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold makes sense. You could do something with that, right? Frankincense and myrrh. A little weird for a baby gift, right? Because they actually, they're actually for embalming dead bodies. And like, that is really morbid to bring to a baby shower, right? But the gifts were appropriate because they're speaking prophetically of what was going to be fulfilled. 
Jesus would come to be born to die. And we all die. We were born and we eventually die. But there was, a, there was a prophetic utterance that was given there of the type of death that he would die. Isaiah predicted it hundreds of years before. He said, surely he took us took up our pain and borne our sufferings. And yet we were considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Why? This pain and the torture for this one reason, that the punishment that was brought on him would bring peace on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That's the reason. The reason to bring healing in our lives and bring peace in our lives. I invite our team to come and we're going to pray together. But as they come, I want to go back to this last question, circling back to the first question. How are you feeling? Are you feeling hollow and heavy in this holiday season? Isn't it amazing you feel empty and yet full at the same time? Full and consumed so much in our life and yet there's an emptiness that brings, doesn't bring the fulfillment that we need. Listen, the prediction of Christ coming hundreds of years before, but also from the, from the cradle, from the manger to the cross. Jesus came to light the way for this reason, to make peace and reconcile us with God and the Father, to, to go through and take care of all the heaviness and all the darkness. This light would come, but this light that would bring true peace in our lives, not just to give us forgiveness, which is amazing to have, be forgiven of our sins and be cleansed and be new, but to find fulfillment in our lives. The fulfillment came so that we can find fulfillment, especially even this holiday season and beyond. I want you to listen to these, these words of Paul writes that brings it all together as we go into this holiday season to find fulfillment. He says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood. Remember his perfect blood shed on the cross. How amazing is that? All that is needed to be fulfilled is to be, is to be fulfilled in us and now through us, through his spirit. Not to just be full this season, to find fulfillment. If you're lacking that fulfillment in your life, you don't have to look anything further or at anyone further. It's all fulfilled through Jesus. Jesus brings us the fulfillment that we need in our lives to give us that amazing peace. We sing and we'll sing throughout this holiday season. Peace on earth, goodwill to our men. It comes only through Jesus Christ. Not just this season, but every season of our lives. Do you have fulfillment? Fulfillment comes through Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for allowing us to be full. Thank you for the abundance, Lord. We, we come out of Thanksgiving with deep gratitude, Lord, for all that you've done. Lord, we sat around tables and we sat in, in eating lots of food and gathering as family. And, and, and there's so much that we're grateful for that we've celebrated and sung about. Lord, now as we turn the the, t the, the season into Christmas and this Advent season of your coming and anticipation, may we recognize very clearly, Lord, you've already come. God, you brought all the fulfillment, what you did and prophesied, was prophesied hundreds of years before, you brought the fulfillment. And have you, that you're in us, that you dwell in us, that we're not only full, but we can find fulfillment in you and through you. 
to be a blessing and encouragement to the people around us in this dark season of the year, Lord, that we can exhibit your light as you being the light of the world to light the way for us. But Lord, may we, as we are that light, Lord, be able to share that light with others. Lord, there's some here even gathered are feeling empty. And the reason they're empty in this holiday season feeling hollow is because they don't have you in them. And so Lord, will you just speak to them right now and they just say, Jesus, come into my life. I want your light to shine in my darkness. And Lord, where there's sin, Lord, that I, I ask you forgive me so that I can be in relationship with you and experience your forgiveness. But even, even more, Lord, God, I can, I can find fulfillment that comes in you, that I don't have to carry my burdens alone. In fact, if there's anyone here today that's carrying a burden, Lord, may they be reminded they don't have to carry that heaviness. Jesus, you carried it all the way to the cross for us so that we can find true lifting of our hearts and lifting our lives and find fulfillment in you that you provide. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we pray as we go into this season, Lord, may we go with anticipation of all, God, you have for us and for those that we love and we care about that reach out into this dark world that needs your great light. We love you. And so we pray this in Jesus' name.